Thank you, Lord, as we wait on you, as Jesus did, who often went to find lonely places to pray. We thank you as we lift our voices to you in prayer, as we wait on you, as we trust you at the beginning of this new year. We thank you. You're there. You're in that waiting with peace and courage. We thank you for this. We ask your grace as we come to your word now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pardon my hoarse voice this morning. I'm negative, I'm negative for COVID, by the way, but just kind of picked up a frog in my throat. I'd like to talk today, speaking of voices, about lifting our voices to God, lifting our voices in prayer, because he is in the waiting. At the beginning of every new year, I give our staff a card, and it looks like this. It's not fancy. It's just, it's just two scripture verses on a white card. I always keep mine taped to my computer mon monitor all year, and I've asked them to keep it on their desk or their monitor or their wall, and they're just verses I feel like God's given me for the year. In 2020, not knowing there'd be a pandemic, I felt like God gave me some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God, Psalm 20. Little did I know in March of 2020, our horses and chariots would be taken away from us, and we'd, we couldn't even meet as a church for four months. But we still had the trust in God. We don't trust in those things. We trust in God. This year, this year are two verses uh, I feel are for all of us, not just our pastoral team. And they bookend, they bookend our week of prayer, which has been this week. And the first verse uh, that is on this card, I spoke on last week. You can still find that. It's a short 20-minute message uh, on uh, Central Assembly's YouTube channel. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. The previous verse talks about his crowds growing, his popularity growing. And against that, he kept seeking out lonely places to pray. We talked about why that's mission critical for all of us. I hope you find this year just needing to, but also choosing to retreat to lonely places because he is in the waiting. And then the second verse is going to be our focus this morning. It's going to be at the end of a great prayer meeting that takes place in Acts chapter 4. And it says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And it wasn't an earthquake. It was a holy shaking by God. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke to the word of God boldly. Now, I feel these verses on my heart for our pastoral team. We stay very busy as pastors, as you know. And sometimes, you know, once in a while people say, oh, it must be nice. I'd love to have your job, pastor. All you do is sit around and pray and read the word all week. Uh, yeah, I go, what planet are you from? <laughs> you know, uh, we fight to find time. I want, I want our staff team to fight to find lonely places because our power isn't in our talent. Our power is in waiting on God and what he alone can do. And I feel that for our whole church as well. And, and, and I'm just praying that God will shake everything that's standing in the way of what the next steps can be in our lives and that, that he just fills us with his Holy Spirit. And, and this is what happened. After they prayed, the place where they were sh was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's that prayer meeting we want to go to. And it's an interesting prayer meeting because, because it's the way the very early church, like the very first church, it's in the city of Jerusalem, it's the way in which they responded to uncertainty and risk in their lives. Uncertainty and risk. Things have been going fairly well. But all of a sudden, 
They're faced with threat and all the uncertainty and risk that goes with that. Now, I don't mean to be negative about 2022. I, I personally know what the Lord's speaking to me about, and it's good, and I just feel we're going to see advance in the kingdom of God. But I, but, but I think it's going to be a year of uncertainty and risk. I don't think it's going to be an easy year. I know a lot of people prophesying out there, this is your prosperity year, this is your abundance year, and I hope it is, but not unless you pray and fast and wait on God, because I think we're in a spiritual battle. I mean, just look at the first week of 2020. 2022 here. I mean, already we've had in our nation devastating blizzards, destructive wild wildfires, COVID cases are markedly increasing while the financial markets have been decreasing. Um, we we have all over our country emergency rooms again because a lot of our population's unvaccinated, so emergency rooms are overflowing again. We have we have school closures all over the country. We have thousands of canceled flights, people being stranded places. And that's only the first week of 2022. And we got the rest of the year to go. I just think this first week's been sort of emblematic that there's going to be uncertainty in front of us and risk. But this is what I love about the prayer meeting that's about, we're about to look at in Acts 4. In the previous chapter, there had been a lame man by the temple entrance, which was a very public place. He was over 40 years old. He had never walked in his life. Peter and John uh, are going up to prayer mid-afternoon, and, and the guy asks them for money, and Peter looks at him and says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And all of a sudden, this guy life flows through his body and his limbs and the most remark he's never walked in his life all of a sudden he jumps up it says he's walking and leaping and praising God right there in the temple it's a massive public supernatural miracle it's it's amazing miracle and it gets Peter and John in prison that night because the religious leadership that had orchestrated Jesus Jesus' crucifixion just two months earlier, uh, they can't tolerate this. And Peter, when, when all the crowds just, just like, it's chaos in the Temple Mount because this guy, what happened to this guy? And Peter said, it's, it's Jesus' name and the faith that comes through his name that is responsible for this man walking, that same Jesus that they just crucified. So they throw Peter and John in prison. The next day they have a hearing and they tell him in no uncertain terms, do not ever mention Jesus' name in this city again. This is the city of Jerusalem. And if you do, you are in a lot of trouble. But they hesitate. I mean, they came within an inch of getting beaten to a pulp. But they hesitated doing that because so many people were amazed. And Luke adds at the end, uh, at the end of that trial, uh, Luke adds that the guy was over 40 years old and nobody could deny what had happened. And so they didn't even know how to punish him. So they just say, do not ever do this again. Otherwise, you are in a heap of trouble. And that's when they come back to the church for this and the church will pray. And this is what I love about this church. In the face of uncertainty, in the face of risk, they didn't panic, they prayed. Now may that be true for us. Let's not panic. There's a lot to be uncertain about right now. And sometimes in the American church today, that panic is taking the form of anger. 
And you get angry enough at things, you start believing anything. And, 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 and the church in America is being more associated with a, with a certain political party than it is with Jesus Christ. And, and we're, just, we're just on passion about almost everything else. They didn't go and post on social media. They didn't have it. They didn't get angry. They didn't panic. They didn't say, oh, no, let's run, let's, let's run from the mountains because they're, they're going to come and get us now. I mean, this was the first major threat of the early church. And instead of panicking, they prayed. And here's how it goes. Verse 23. On the release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. That is, do not ever preach in the name of Jesus. Otherwise, you're in trouble. And when they heard, when the church heard this, they didn't panic. They raised their voices together in prayer to God. Hallelujah. They raised their voices together. And I love, you know, and I believe there's a place for silent prayer when we're together and maybe even when we're in groups. But there's something so powerful about just as we often do on Sunday mornings. Like today we were led in prayer and often we are. But, but sometimes... All we do is just pray together. We just all lift our voices together. And it's more than just a, an old Pentecostal tradition. I mean, you go to this day to the Western Wall in Jerusalem where they gather to pray, and they're all praying out loud. This is very Jewish, and this is very powerful, and this is very Pentecostal, and it's very spirit-filled. That There's something about in the face of uncertainty and risk that, that we defy it by just calling out to God. And we do it together. So sometimes here in church, we're led in prayer, like this morning. Other times, we, I love those times, when you just all lift your voice, and we just pray for God to intervene in situations, pray for the Lord to intervene in our country. Sandy and I were in East Africa this past week because we spoke at a Live Dead missionary conference for missionaries out of the Arab world, and they're constantly watched there, and so they like to come once a year out of the country and and there were about 150 of them, mainly in their 20s and 30s. And every service we had for an almost entire week retreat, every service we'd have people give testimonies. And one night we had the team that's now planted in Syria. Thank God, it's just growing. We have teams in almost every Arab country in the world, church planting teams now. And the, and the team in Syria, they, they, they reported how God's beginning to break through with people. There's been dreams and visions people are having. And, and God's just laying the foundation for his church. And, and, then, and, then, and then the team from Libya would get up and give their testimony of what God's doing. And after every testimony, everybody in that room, 150, 20, and 30-somethings, would get up on their feet. And they would lift what they called a chorus of prayer. And, and everybody together would just lift their voices. And you, yes, Lord, move in Syria. Pour out your spirit upon people who are hungry for you. Yes, Lord, move in Libya. Just pour out your spirit. The group in Tunisia got up and, and they talked about how, how it was just hard even to make contacts with people and to see, see Muslims come to Christ. But they said, all we did the first couple of years, we just prayed. We circled the city and just prayed. We prayed throughout the country. We just prayed and prayed. And they said, as we lifted our voices to God in prayer, they said, we noticed over three years the incredible change that started to happen in the spiritual realm. I mean, sometimes, even before you can see results, lifting our voices in prayer to God. And we all got up again on our feet and started lifting our voices in unison. I love this about, about the first church. 
they, they were threatened. They were faced with, they didn't know what was going to happen the next few weeks. And, and they knew it was pretty brutal the way they treated people in those days. In fact, in chapter 5, uh, the apostles do get beaten with whips. I mean, that's not a fun experience. They knew all of that was probably ahead of them. But instead of panicking, when the future was uncertain, they lifted in the face of everything the devil's throwing against, the advance of his gospel, whether it be France, whether it be the Arab world, whether it be the United States of America, whether it be Springfield, Missouri, the church lifted its voice to God in prayer. I just feel like that describes Central Assembly this year. Like, like, like never before. It's like, it's like we do that well, but, but to the next level, because this is our future. Samuel Chadwick said, the one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, and prayerless religion. And these words always get me. He laughs at our toil, and some days I work very hard. He laughs at our toil. He mocks at our wisdom, but he trembles the devil trembles when we pray. And when the church lifted their voice, they, they prayed this, verse 24. This is how the sentence continues. Sovereign Lord, they said. And when the church lifts his voice and says, Sovereign Lord. Sovereign means the sovereignty of God means he's a king of all the kings more than the local sovereigns that were threatening them. We lift our voice to the one who's sovereign over everybody else that seems to be disrupting our life, over circumstances and situations that stare us down. We just declare in the face of the enemy, Lord, you are sovereign, Jesus. Hallelujah. And actually, they're quoting Jeremiah, Jeremiah 32, verse 17. I, I love to pray scripture personally. They were praying scripture from the Old Testament. Jeremiah says, sovereign Lord, by your power and outstretched arm, you created the heavens and the earth. Surely nothing is impossible for you. So this church didn't panic. It prayed. It lifted its voice and said, Sovereign God, Sovereign God, anything. In fact, they quote the first part of his prayer. You, you created the heavens and the earth. And that, we just need somebody that powerful on our side right now. But you're that Sovereign God. Hallelujah. This is our hope. We don't panic. We don't just get angry. Do not get angry at what's happening in our world today. Do not panic at what. But let's, let's hit our knees like never before. Let's lift our voices alone and together as a church and say, Sovereign Lord, there is nothing impossible for you. So, so they didn't panic. They prayed. Secondly, they didn't seek comfort. They sought courage. Because now we get to their prayer request. And it's in verse 29. And it's amazing, they didn't, they didn't pray for God to protect them, they prayed for God to give them courage. Wow. Now, if I was in this prayer meeting, I would have probably raised my hand and say, uh, Peter and John, I have a prayer request. I, I, I really feel urgent for the Lord to protect us. Or, I really feel urgent that we ought to rebuke the devil and do some spiritual warfare here. And they don't do either of those. Look how they prayed, verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats... Consider their very real threats. Look what we're facing. Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Lord, give us the courage to keep getting in trouble because of you. This is it. It wasn't, Lord, consider their threats, so we really need you to sovereignly protect us. Please, Jesus, protect us. Or... Or they don't pray, Lord, consider their threats. So in Jesus' name, we stomp the devil under our feet. And there's times to do that in prayer. 
But all they said was, Sovereign Lord, they prayed. Consider their threats and enable your servants to not wimp out now. Lord, would you put steel in our backbones so we won't flag or fail, that we won't shut our mouths right now. They said, don't you dare mention the name of Jesus in this city again. So they prayed, Lord, give us courage so we will keep talking about you and, and we'll do it with the boldness that you give. That's courage. What an underrated thing courage is. But they prayed for boldness. This is, first of all, courage to stand. He said, consider their threats. This is, this is courage to stand. This is not denying the threats. And this is not being paranoid either. They weren't making things up. They were in real trouble, the church, at this point. And all their leaders would get beat up, as I mentioned in the next chapter. But they said, let us, in the face of threat, let's stand. God, give us the courage just to stand. And I want to tell you, um, there's a lot going on, even in America today. I, I see people's faith being deconstructed. I mean, Lord, give us courage to stand, that we're not just going to swallow the devil's lies and lose, lose our faith and, and just get swallowed up and out-muscled by the culture and its values. Lord, give us the strength, courage to stand up against all these things that, 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 that are trying to tear us down. Our battle isn't political. Our battle isn't social. Our battle isn't economic. Our battle is spiritual. And he said, Lord, there, and there are demonic powers that do want to stop the gospel. They want to shut us up as a church. And, and, and they're saying, Lord, see their threats. Just give us courage to stand and courage to speak. Courage to speak. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. And may I just say, when we're praying for courage, we're not praying for God to help us be insensitive to people. We're not praying. We want to stay sensitive to people. But we want to be at the same time unapologetic about the gospel. And we're not praying by, by boldness. Lord, just, just help us bowl people over and be uncaring of them. We want to be very caring, but we also want to be uncompromising. In order to be sensitive but unapologetic, to be caring but uncompromising. This is what we're praying. Lord, help us love people. Help us to care. Help us be sensitive to people. But Lord, and, and I, we're all so guilty of this, probably. I know I am. We keep silent too often. And they were praying, God, especially when it could really get us in trouble, help us not to keep our mouths shut about you and what you can do in people's lives. Give us courage to speak. So they didn't panic. They prayed, thank God. They lifted their voices and said, Oh, sovereign Lord. They, they, didn't seek, they didn't seek comfort and safety. They sought courage. And they didn't play it safe. But they prayed for the supernatural. It was the supernatural that got them in all that trouble in the chapter before. And, and, and of all things, it happened in a very public place. This lame man, he's leaping He's yelling praises to God. He can't believe what just happened to him through the name of Jesus. Nobody else can hardly believe it. It was amazing. And this is what was getting them in trouble. So, you know, we might be tempted to pray, Lord, you know, you know supernatural's fine. Maybe if you're going to keep doing miracles, maybe we could do it in less public places. That would be better for our health. <laughs> or... 
or, or, or Lord, maybe we can just preach the gospel. We don't need those miracles, you know. But look at how they prayed. Right after saying, give us, help us to speak your word with boldness, verse 30, stretch out your hand. The next thing, help us to speak with boldness, and Lord, would you do this? Would you stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus? I sometimes pray over Springfield this way. I say, oh God, would you just, Jesus, just stretch out your hand over our city. Just stretch it out. I don't care the trouble it gets us into. I don't care anything else. I just want people to see the power of how Jesus can transform lives. And so, Lord, if it's in public, if it causes us a lot of trouble, no problem. I mean, it would have been tempting to say, God, would you just dial back the supernatural a little bit? But they said, no, God, just dial it up. You know, our leaders already are getting in prison because of the supernatural. Lord, just dial it up even more. We don't care what happens. You just put courage in our backbones and you continue to stretch out your hand over our city and to do miracles. Arthur Wallace, who was a part of the, the um, um, United Kingdom evangelical movement in a previous era, he wrote, one significant difference between the early church and the church today is this. They believed in the Holy Spirit while we're afraid of the Holy Spirit. They knew the Holy Spirit experientially while we so often know him only theologically and theoretically. Will we, he asked, will we at last let him have his way? Oh, Jesus, have your way in our church family. Stretch out your hand, Lord Jesus. He said this is the pathway to revival. In the whole last of our second half of our, our prayer and worship night tonight, where we're first, the first half we're going to lift our voices together to pray for this year ahead in our church and our city. Second half, we're just going to Spend the whole second half just anointing with oil and praying for any of you who need healing. This is the supernatural Jesus we serve. Stretch out your hand and do this. They didn't panic, they prayed. When things were uncertain and there was, and there was high risk at hand, as I believe, I believe uncertainty and risk are going to dis- describe 2022. I pray I'm wrong, but I just feel that in my heart, uncertainty and risk. So what did the church do? They didn't panic, they prayed. And, and they didn't seek comfort, they sought courage. And they didn't play it safe, but they prayed for the supernatural to take place. And after they prayed, which is the verse on my little white card, the second verse. The first verse is Jesus often went to lonely places and prayed. Here's the other verse. After they prayed, would you read it out loud with me? All together, out loud, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God holy. I actually talked to a guy last week in East Africa who said, I was in a prayer meeting, and it wasn't an earthquake. The power of God fell on us, and the building started to shake. I mean, this can happen. I don't care if our building shakes or not, but I want the power of God to come upon us. This is what we need more than anything else. And when I was a young pastor, I used to feel, I used to feel it was my job, you know, to fill places and shake people. But this apparently is the God who shakes places and fills people. 
He shakes the places that stand as threat, the places of uncertainty, the places of risk, the places of threat. He shakes those places, defies them as the sovereign God, and he fills us with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Will you just stand with me?